welcome to the ABCA's podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Brownlee. Welcome to the ABCA's mini-series, Father and Son. In this series, we cover the coach-player and parent-child relationship through the eyes of the coach and their sons who played for them. This is a truly unique relationship, and this mini-series should be of value to any coach, parent, or player. Thanks for tuning in, and please enjoy Father and Son. Coming up next on Father and Son are Mike, Dusty, and Dylan Napoleon. The Napoleon family has been a coaching staple in the Chicagoland area since Mike was the head coach at Niles Notre Dame and Providence Catholic High School. In 1996, Mike moved to the north side to take over the New Trier High School program. New Trier won the state title in 2000 and 2009. Dusty and Dylan both played and coached with Mike. Dusty played for me at Iowa and coached with me at Iowa and Western Illinois. He currently works for Spencer Allen at Northwestern. Dylan played at Heartland and UAB. He's coached at Berry College, Concordia, Chicago, Northwestern, and currently works for Mark Reardon at Iowa Western Community College. Welcome to Father and Son. Here with Mike Dusty and Dylan Napoleon here on Father and Son, and thanks to all three of you, three of my favorite guys in baseball. So thanks for coming on, guys. And you say that all the time, don't you? I do not. I do not. I've been looking forward to this one uh, just because I I know all of you very well and then separately know you, so this is going to be a lot of fun for me. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Mike, I'm going to start with you. Uh, Was high school your first experience coaching either one of your boys? No, I coached them when they were younger um, in Joliet leagues, uh, basketball leagues, football. Uh, well, really not football too much uh, when you guys were younger, but um, but definitely basketball, baseball, little leagues, things like that. And Dusty, go first. Uh, how was that for you guys? Dusty, go first, and then Dylan. How was that when you were younger with your dad? Yeah, yeah. I think you know when he was coaching uh, football and and in baseball when we were growing up, um, him, you know, trying to coach us in basketball was kind of his downtime. So we were always really looking forward to him coaching us in, in, you know, the weekend basketball league. So I'm always excited when, when he was jumping on the staff, even if it was just for a little bit, we know he was busy, but I'm always looking forward to that. Yeah. I mean, exact same thing for me. I mean, the biggest thing for me, I think he only coached me in basketball, um, when I was little and, uh, I mean, just be able to see him coach football and then kind of lead into that. I mean, it was pretty cool, and I was excited that he was around. Mike, then go through when they're in high school. Dealing with Dusty first, how does that help with Dylan? But go through kind of the experience of then coaching both of them. Well, um, I did coach. Uh, I was an assistant in football when they got when they were up on varsity, um, and then as a baseball coach, um, it was it was it was great because. Um, my wife and I, Melanie, we decided long time ago that this is my profession and we were going to do everything we can to live in the district that I ended up teaching. Okay. And I, I was in the Catholic schools for 14 years and I, I definitely thought they were going to end up going to Providence. 
And then I got the job at New Trier in uh, 96, 97. And then I go, okay, we got two years to figure this out to, to move into the district. And, and then the reason why is not only that my, my free time, my, my uh, uh, time off, my holidays would be uh, coincide with uh, theirs as in the grammar school and stuff. But also I didn't want anybody else to screw them up. I wanted to be the one screwing them up. <laughs> I wanted to blame myself if something bad went wrong. I didn't want to go to another coach and go, what the hell are you doing? You know, so. So that was my biggest thing. And then, um, and then we, uh, you know, when we, in 2003, 2004, um, it was great. Dusty's teams were great. Um, I think we, we, we lost a total of eight games in two years with him on varsity. And uh, it was a great experience, I think. It was just, uh, the one thing I can say is that um, he had a work for everything he got even more so because this is the first, this has happened kind of like with, you know, you, you, you kind of worry about it. You know, he, he was kind of the guy that came in a little bit late into the, into the uh, district, you know, he wasn't growing up with these guys. And then all of a sudden he's a junior um, buying for a starting spot. And um, you know, seniors kind of are like, Hey, this is, our team now. And that's not, that's just, you know, the best players won't play. So that was the kind of thing that we had to get over. What did you take from coaching Dusty then that you used with coaching Dylan? Um, be patient, um, to be, um, open and honest at all times to be, um, you know, not to push them, but, uh, to get, kind of give them free reign. Hey, you know, give them ideas that, Hey, if this isn't working, you know, um, maybe a little extra time in the cage. And, um, and when those things happened and Dusty, and I think Dylan saw him do it, Dusty kind of like asking for me for help in the cages before school, after school, before practices, early on a Saturday. Um, you know, I think that that carried over to where Dylan's like doing the same thing. Dustin, Dylan, what were your guys' biggest challenges then in high school with that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, just just his name, right? Like, when, once I once I got to high school and, and uh, you know, they're coming off a state championship in 2000. It was my freshman year. And so, you know, kind of the baseball team was was, was a big deal. And um, so I, th I think just my name and, and just uh, everybody, you know, at a school of 4,000, you know, knows who you are and watching you even when you're a freshman, right? So, I think just, uh, you know, just making sure you're, you're staying the course. Right. And, um, and then once we were able to, once I was able to get up on varsity, um, I think, you know, definitely had to earn everything. Right. Just because it was almost like, Hey, if there is, you know, me and somebody else who are the same, like they, they might try to give it to the other guy just because they don't want to, you know, do the politics. So, right. So, um, you just have to work for it. Um, so I, I love playing for him. I couldn't imagine not, you know, if he was on the other sideline, like, I think that'd be really, really weird. Um, but, uh, I, I really enjoyed it. And I think, you know, having the football was a good transition because he wasn't the head coach. Um, and he was coaching special teams and, you know, so he wasn't really coaching me a lot, um, it, during football. Um, he was, you know, he got to be kind of more of a, more of a cheerleader uh, for me d during games and, and keep me positive. And then, 
um, it kind of, I think it was a good transition into, into baseball season, um, in the spring, which, you know, we had good teams. So, so it was a lot of fun. And Dylan, was that extra pressure on you then? Obviously your dad's the coach and then Dusty has a really good career and then goes to play at Iowa. Was there added pressure on you with that? I don't think it's pressure. I just think he just set a good example. So, and, you know, it kind of goes to the thing. Dusty's thinking all those things that he wants to do on, for his dad. And really, I wanted to do it for both of them now. Yep. And so to me, that was the biggest thing of just, hey, let's, let's not mess this up. And now it makes a lot of sense that he was trying to get me to go hit in the cages. And I was like, hey, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. He's like, well, your brother did it. And he was a lot better hitter than you are. So um, <laughs> to me, that makes a lot more sense now. What about that experience then helped you guys uh, with your college experience and then professionally? Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll start with that uh, one. Um, go, yeah, go. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, just having the, you know, playing for my dad, I think, you know, playing for, for, you know, a coach who I got to see the ins and outs of everything, right? So I think once I got to, to college at Iowa and got to play for you and Coach Dom, um, you know, I think it was, I understood, you know, more about the coaching side of things, um, even though it was high school to, to college, you know, I understood the profession a little bit more. And so, you know, I was able to take criticism, you know, so if guys, uh, coaches got on me or got on teammates, like I was able to be like, hey, that's not getting on you because they don't like you. They're getting on you because they like you. Like I heard those conversations all the time, right? So I think that definitely helps with that. Yeah, the biggest thing too is, I mean, you always hear um, coaches say like, hey, and this kid's a coach's son and playing for moving on at the junior college level, playing for Nate Metzger, I mean, was able just to understand when he's trying to be detail oriented, like, Hey, I got to listen. And if I didn't see more of the coaches side of things with him coaching dusty, or even me just at the lower levels, um, at new Trier and seeing him work with the varsity guys, I think that did help me, um, become a lot more detail oriented. Um, especially once I'm playing for detail oriented coaches and these things are big deals. Mike, what what about coaching those two then helped you afterwards dealing with your teams after they were done playing with you? Uh, I love that question because um, as a parent, you do get to see every all the ins and outs of what's going on. You know, when when those guys were when Dusty was a freshman, I had to go back to my freshman coach and go, "Wait, you didn't give him a schedule? You didn't?" Get, he goes, "Well, it was it's all online," and I'm like, "No, paper." Get a paper. And part of it is my fault. I kind of assumed, you know, that they were going to be doing the right thing that I, I would give a booklet out to all of my my varsity parents. And and this is like four years into into being a uh, at Nutria. And I just assumed I didn't I didn't check up on those guys all the time because I thought they were doing a good job. And then I, I would be like, hmm, no, you got to give them a paper copy because my wife would come home and go. Well, didn't really get much out of that, <laughs> you know, so, not that she was ratting them out or anything. And but, I do want know. to ask some baseball specific questions. How much contact do you have with parents? Like, do you do a parent meeting before the season? Do you yes. still use the manual? I, I do have some baseball specific questions as we get into this, because I want it to be both. I want it to be father and son, but I, you guys are, are, all the guys I've talked to are very successful baseball people. So I do want to ask some general questions. So how much contact do you have with the parents? I have a lot of contact. I have a lot of contact. And I don't think it was always that way until my sons came through. And part of it was you didn't want to hear all the nip, you know, backstabbing or whatever might happen 
with going into talking talking behind your back. But then the more you open up and you and you get them involved, I think getting parents involved in the program and getting them invested into their son's good um, uh, good experience, I think that's the biggest thing. And then once they're involved, they don't they don't mind like you know. I, I don't mind them talking to me, but once they start bringing up playing time and stuff, we kind of nip that, but they know better. You know, it's kind of like I've, I've, I've run this gamut for a long enough time and I don't think they're scared of me, but they just know that that's where they don't, they don't talk about playing time. Dylan, then after you're done, you got to coach with your dad with the Wilmette Waves. Like talk about that experience a little bit. You play for him, but then you get to coach with him. So talk about what that, and then Mike, I do want you to add on to that, like how much the Wilmette Waves program has helped the new Trier program, because I do want to talk about the, the summer sure. baseball experience as well. I think the biggest thing was kind of once I was done playing at UAB, I come back home and coach with him that summer for the Waves, and now he's asking me, hey, what should we do with this pitcher? I'm like, wait, you're the guy that's been coaching all these years. Like, <laughs> You want me to, and he's just helping me with my coaching career at that time because that's what I wanted to do. So to me, it was just nice to have a little more laid back setting in my first so-called season um, and just try to sit back and watch and try new things. Yeah, we had another guy, John Nashen, who was, who was also on the staff at the time. But, you know, Dusty did the same thing. Dusty came back and, 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 and in fact, him, Dylan, and uh, Trey Frailer. The, the three of us, I had, I had three assistant coaches. It was unbelievable. I didn't have to show up half the time. Dusty, and, what did you think about that, Dusty? Yeah, no, I think it was, again, it was a good transition into uh, my, you know, going back to school at Iowa, um, coaching with you guys, was able to, uh, so I got released from the A's and, and trying to figure out what, what I was going to do. And there's opportunity for me to, to jump on staff in the summer. And I think it was just a good transition. And uh, it's always kind of, you know, something I always wanted to do was coach with him um, at some point, you know, and then, we were lucky Dylan got to come on, so we were able to coach together for, for summer before we, we kind of parted ways. But uh, it was a great experience. Mike, did yeah. you start that immediately when you got to New Trier? Did you, did you have a hand in that right away when you got to New Trier? Well, um, no. Um, our kids would go play for the Northbrook Braves, uh, which was a different team. And then I, 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 for the first three years, I was watching their games in the summer. And play and 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 I and I did my you know summer varsity stuff. And then after the first three years, um, I was like, this just isn't doing it for those guys. They're not getting any better. I see stuff guys like throwing helmets and walking on the field, and they're just not being accountable enough with the guy that was coaching them. So um, I talked to Don Wallace, who just had a son graduate in '99. And he said, um, hey, my son's out now. I can help you do this, and, I, and we'll do this the right way. So we got a, we got a, a, a trustee board. We got a, um, a uh, council together, and we, and we did this the right way. It wasn't just the two of us. We did this with eight different people, and we did a big fundraiser. And we, in our inaugural season, we, we, we headed off in, in 2000, the year after we won the state championship. And it's been going up, going strong for 20 years now. And, um, and so, yeah, I think, it, I think it's definitely a big help. We used to include parts of, uh, of Evanston. You know, there was borders for back in Legion days. And now we, we disbanded from Legion because there's just too many uh, rules and weird people, <laughs> weird people <laughs> running Legion right now in, in the Cook County area. So, um, 
So we got into our own Connie Mack thing where we can do some wood bat stuff. Games are only seven innings long, not nine innings. And, um, and it's worked out, I think. I think it's worked out pretty well. In fact, when Dusty was, uh, after he graduated in 2004, it was kind of a bad taste in our mouth because it was the second year we lost in the, in the, uh, in the sectionals. And, um, and both teams were 34 and four. And after his senior year, uh, we went on to win state and Legion that year and go on to play in uh, Cincinnati for the, uh, you know, the regionals. I think you and Tim Funkhauser for the state of Illinois are, are probably have done the best jobs uh, from having your summer program with your, your high school team. Then how do you make a decision? Say you got a guy that wants to go play travel baseball. You know, there's a million travel teams in, in the Chicagoland area. How do you make that decision to let one of your guys go do that? Yeah, that's that's always a tough call. Um, the, some of the travel teams get their hooks in them real early, you know, and, and for me, I don't like to make that decision on kids until uh, the spring, you know, once they try out or else I'm, I'm trying to get kids that are freshmen. I mean, that's, that's ridiculous. So, uh, though I'm trying to do that now, you know, it's kind of funny. And, um, but how do I do it? They kind of know that the waves if they, they have to have confidence, I guess their parents have to have confidence in their son's ability that he's going to be chosen for the waves. And it's really just, a, a, I'm going to choose them and help their growth as a baseball player. And they have to trust me. And right now, some of them might not trust because they don't know me as well. But as once they get into the, uh, the, the Nutria baseball program, I think the trust starts to build. Dustin and Dylan, what were the biggest positives then for you guys going through the experience of, of playing for your dad? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, you know, he never really made it about baseball. You know, it was always about from me being just a middle schooler and seeing how he ran his program, it was always be a good citizen. That was the very first thing he talked about at all of his meetings. So whether once I'm on varsity and um, like you're, you're never talking about wins. Okay. And that, to me, that was like the coolest thing. I'm like, wait, like we're supposed to win 30 games a year. And like, that's just never really talked about. Um, And so I think just providing a good culture and a strong culture, like that was just huge and seeing that. Um, And then once I'm playing for them and say it was a bad day, I just never remember it ever being brought home. And in the car, obviously he's driving me home. Like maybe I had a bad day. Maybe I had a couple errors. Um, like it was always on me to get brought up and usually mom at the dinner table led the conversation that <laughs> night probably. Um, and, uh, then it was really open up to me to talk about it. And I was also able to see it happen with Dusty too. So again, to me, being able to see him go through everything and probably my dad's first time doing that, like I was able to learn just with sitting there and being quiet at the dinner table and watching the conversations unravel. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think Gil just nailed that answer because that's, I mean, that was the culture like that. That's what we lived in. And it was, it was, um, you know, credit to him because, you know, th- there were some, some rough games, right. Growing up or, or at a, at a younger level and especially like little league, you know, and it's, you know, it's, it's the varsity baseball coach in the area and he's coming to watch and, you know, it's, it's uh, it was, it wasn't pressure, but it was fun. And, and he just, 
it, it never came home in a bad way. Right. Um, so I think we kind of stayed the course with that. And, and I got to give, uh, give my mom a lot of credit because I think she, she finally, she, she understood, you know, once we got to high school, you know, it was a big deal for us playing on varsity and playing for them. And I think she, after good games and bad games, she was able to, to gauge the situation and lead a conversation one way or another at the dinner table. But um, yeah, I mean, there was, there was not many times where, um, the game came home with us in, in a negative way. And I think, you know, that's why we have such good relationships with him. And that was in my notes to ask how much your mom and the role that she played uh, with that part. You know, what, what were some of the other conversations you guys would have with your mom? Because you can't, you know, when you're playing for your dad, I went through it. When you're playing for your dad, you can't always go to him for things. So how much, what were some of the conversations that you guys had with your mom? Yeah, I, I think I think early, early on, you know, it was um, the dynamic of my dad coaching my friends. Right. So I think she started to she kind of hit went through that angle um, in a roundabout way to, to see how we were doing with it. Um, you know, and so I think she you know, she was asking, hey, you know, how's you know, how's Kevin doing? How, how are these guys doing? You know, um, had a rough game, you know, and all that. So I think she, she went through that angle in order to get us to talk. Um, but the one thing that, that she would always say, she's like, you know, hey, you know, after every game, it was almost like, hey, you played hard, tough one or hey, great job. Um, I'm here if you need me, right? Like that was always her thing. Like she was always open to talk. Um, and so I think, you know, I just, I thank her, you know, for that. Yeah. I mean, the biggest thing, uh, that I always remember and shoot now I'm always talking to my players about it is your effort and your attitude. I mean, really, she was always big on attitude. Like, Hey, even though you had a bad game, like, Hey, you saw what that kid did. Like, Hey, like you don't want to do that. And so always just understanding that there's out extra eyes on us and just, Hey, you are the coach's son. Like you can't, can't be doing that. And that was always a good reminder to not just get it from my dad or get it from my brother. Like mom's watching too. Dustin Dillon, can you talk a little bit about your coaching path now? Um, and then I do want to ask you what you've picked up from the coaches outside of your dad along the way. Uh, you know, for me, growing up in Evansville, uh, playing for my dad and brother, coaching with my dad and brother, that was kind of all I knew growing up and leave Evansville at 23 years old. And I think the best thing about going to coach with Spanky McFarland at JMU and then Jack at Iowa was that it, it taught me that I could just be myself. So can you guys talk about just some of the things that you guys have picked up along the way? Yeah, you know, I think so. My coaching career, you know, obviously, you know, started with my dad for that summer, and then I got to go to Iowa to finish my degree and, um, you know, work under uh, coach with you and coach Dom. Um, and then I think really, you know, when I really dove into it was when you gave me an opportunity at Western Illinois um, to kind of try, try to find myself. But um, I think I took something away from from everybody, um, you know, and, and especially you know with with you, with you um, you know, just being able to, you know, have your hand in a lot of different areas. And, and I think that was when I first really, really saw it, you know, a head coach at the division one level, really at any level, um, you know, I saw it from my dad at the high school level, but the college level was something that, you know, what I wanted to do was it was about relationships and it was about treating everybody, um, you know, great. And, and, you know, not asking for stuff all the time and just, and just doing it, right. Like getting the job done. So I really took that away and just and kind of having that, that blue collar work ethic right there. Um, and then, you know, where I'm at now with, with Spencer Allen, um, you know, it's, you know, got a little bit, you know, I have bigger responsibility there and I'm just really trying to, um, you know, to, to see how I can grow as a coach, but I think really like building relationships. 
relationships with people, and it's not just the coaching community, right? The administration, um, obviously the players, how to treat players, um, which is something you know that, that I took from my dad, and it's kind of morphed over the last you know eight nine years that I've been in, in this in this process. So I think it's uh, it's it's been important. To, uh, I've, I've worked for different head coaches; they haven't all been the same, but they've all taught me at least something that that I'm doing today. Yeah, for me, um, starting out the D- Division three level at Barry College. Um, I was 22, inherited a staff of 26 pitchers. I had no idea what I was doing, and I wanted, like, four to do something good. And to me, again, it kind of brings me back to what I always saw my dad do. Um, and at New Trier, they always have an alumni day. And always when I was a little kid, like, you're always seeing guys come back and, and shoot now. Some guys are 30, 35 years old, and he coached them. And I was able to see the relationships. They're like, Naps, how you doing? And to me, I just remi- reminded myself of those times when I was a young coach of like, hey, I'm going to invest in these guys. And whatever happens on the field happens on the field. Um, so I was there for five years. Um, then just kind of we were expecting our second daughter and went up to Chicago at Concordia, Chicago. And Mike Stowski, um, just phenomenal. And a, a big part of that was Dusty play, uh, coach with him at Concordia. I was like, Hey man, like this guy's, this guy's the real deal. You want to be around him. Um, and just to see him interact with his players and open door policy and guys are coming in playing video game in our office. Like to me, that was a pretty cool and unique thing that you don't see everywhere. And then I was able to hop on staff at Northwestern, uh, with Spencer Allen. And again, just the, uh, professionalism and energy he brought every day is just phenomenal. And now being at Iowa Western, a junior college, and now I've seen, and all those head coaches were doing stuff behind the scenes. But again, Mark Reardon, that guy is wearing 10 million hats every single day. And um, you really don't notice it as a player, just talking to the players. And so being behind the scenes with that and knowing that he's got his hands in a lot of stuff and usually anything he touches is is done really well. So again, just to be able to see that and the similarity to just the styles that they coach with, I think all emulate um, and are very similar to what I saw growing up with my dad. Mike, talk about how gratifying it is for you now that they're both still in baseball. Oh, it's, it's great. I uh, just in coaching in general, I remember when Dusty came home from, uh, from being let go with the A's, he's like, I'm done with baseball. That's it. I'm done. I don't want to, don't bring me. Back. I go, okay. I'm, you know, I told my wife, I go, okay, Melanie, I'm going to give him a couple weeks. Got to get him doing something. I'm like, give him a couple weeks. He'll be picked for a jury. He'll, he'll, he'll be out of the house for a couple weeks on a, on a, on a, on a murder chart, a murder case or something. <laughs> and then, and then he comes back and I'm like, Hey, um, so the Diamond Dogs or whoever whoever it was, you know, he got, I'm like, they're looking for somebody to help out, you know. So so he helped a, a little league team for that that spring, and then that summer, I'm like, hey, I talked to Don Wallace, the guy that he's a GM for the Waves, and I'm like, hey, can we can we pop in an extra coach, and for a paid position, he's like, sure, we'll do it, and then we ended up getting Dylan too that year, and it was like great, two for one deal. And so um, just having those guys, uh, you know, when they were younger and I was at Notre Dame high school and I'd bring Dusty with me to practices and 
he was a little tyke still in a, a stroller and my wife would be like oh he's gonna hate baseball come on quit bringing him around the coaches loved having him around you know i'm like well we'll see we'll see and i did the same thing with dylan 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 would be following his brother around to my practices all the players knew him They'd, they'd go on bus rides in at Providence with us to away games. They were both ball boys. They loved it. The players loved them. And um, I think, you know, Dylan and Dusty both kind of talked about relationships. You know, you know, Ryan, when you, I think when you build relationships with players and you have a good relationship with the parents, that's why they come back. That's why they come back and see you because all they remember is the good things. If, if they're, if, if, if a relationship goes sour, they don't come back because they think, well, you know, they only think the negative thoughts, but there's been a lot more that came back because of good, good things that they've said. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's all part of it. And I'm glad they were able to see that and having them go into coaching, knowing their personalities and knowing that they have, they have an effect on players' lives um, now um, uh, just warms my heart. It's great. I just saw you're going to do a, a kind of Zoom banquet for your team this year. You know, what's the what was the ideas for that? And just talk about that a little bit. Well, we all know this isn't the best situation for us, and um, but you gotta you know try to make make the best out of a bad situation. So um, actually, I gave them I gave them a couple. Uh, things to do during this time. This is before we even knew uh, we weren't going to be playing. And um, one of them was as a team, I want them because our AD said, Hey, so we don't have team pictures because team pictures were the Tuesday after we don't have those. Um, you guys have any thoughts? I go, well, I, I didn't want it. I didn't want to tell them what my thought was, but I, back in the day when we won state championships, not everybody showed up to the, to the team picture at the end with the team trophy, you know? So we'd have to put them in, put them in the picture. I was like, Hmm. Okay. I don't know how to do that, but these guys are smart enough. They can figure it out. So I told them, listen, I want you guys to get your uniforms on and take a picture and send it to D Rob D Rob. You figure out how to put all these pictures into a team picture. And they did it. (laughs) It was great. So I gave them those kind of chores to do, you know, like, uh, you know, the whole video thing, pickups, whatever, whatever it was, social distancing stuff. And then when we came up with this virtual banquet, it's just a matter of honoring the seniors, you know, and we're going to really make an attempt to take these seniors and give them a little spotlight and kind of, okay, spring is over. The cool thing, Ryan, is that our GM for the Waves have and, and I have discussed putting all these guys in 18 U tournaments this summer and going with the Waves and, and taking on those seniors. So any senior that wants to play Waves this summer is going to play, which is kind of cool. It's a great idea. Um, the three of you coaching at high levels, what can we do to help grow the game of baseball right now? Well, I'll start out um, getting young coaches that care. I think that's one thing that's going to be helpful. And not, you know, part of it is they get kind of 
money hungry because they do need people need money, you know, um, to do things. But um, to not worry, you know, when I was a young coach um, teaching at, in parochial schools, uh, money wasn't a factor. And we did a lot of things as well as you know, as your dad knows, we did a lot of things for free. Okay. And you just do it. And um, somewhere down the road, uh, that's changed a little bit. And uh, I think we need people to get be back to old school. I, I just think that um, you need, you need to have those young coaches that uh, aren't money hungry, that um, really put forth efforts that are knowledgeable. They don't really have to be that knowledgeable right away. They just have to care about kids and uh, what the best thing for them is. I, and when I've talked to young coaches, like you've got to realize that whoever you go work for, they're going to be able to teach you a lot. Like don't, don't feel like you have to know a lot. If you're passionate about coaching, the guys that you work with are going to teach you a lot of those things. So don't feel like you have to know everything. And also don't come across like you know everything because then you're going to come across fake. And I'm sure you're seeing that as well. You've been in this forever with dealing with some of the younger guys out there now. They think they, they have to know everything. That's not the case. Like you're going to get taught a lot. But right. that's kind of where we're at with everything, too. Right. And you, you'll get better at hitting the fungo. Yes. You know, just you just got to practice it. We all went through it. I, I talk about yeah. that throwing BP, yeah. you know, Dusty, yeah. you know, we, we talked about that forever. You know, I think that was one of the things that I probably helped younger coaches with probably more than anything was was hitting a fungo throwing BP. It's OK. You're not going to be good at it in the beginning. You just have to go do it and you can't get frustrated with it. It's just it is what it is. We've all had to go through it. But you're not going to get better if you don't try. If you don't do it, if you don't work on it, it's just like your players. You're asking your players to work on it and get better at it. You know, it's like a kid that I know you've thrown a baseball your whole life, but throwing BP for the first time is going to be really hard. Hitting a fungo for the first time is going to be really hard because you haven't had to do it before. So, right, Dusty Dunn, can you talk a little bit on that? Like when you first got going into the coaching ranks with some of that that part of it, because I don't think a lot of people talk about that, and I love talking about that. Can you talk about that part a little bit too? Besides growing the game of baseball, yeah, that's because you're the fungo master. <laughs> but uh, but but no, I mean, I I think uh, it's definitely something you don't. Um, I don't know, maybe like I didn't think about that, those those kind of things when you get into coaching, right? Like I mean, working with working with catchers, right? That's that's in, in hitters. So flipping balls in the cage, and then you get in the cage and you're trying to throw BP, and it's a little bit different. <laughs> you got to change your arm slot, and my arms my arm slot's gotten a lot lower over the years. Just to try to find that, <laughs> and you just throw a ton of BP. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's uh, it's something you do have to work on. My my, my fungal skills are, are not good still working on them and then I know D Dylan dominated me when I was at Northwestern so um but yeah I think it's I think it's something too about growing the game you know it's it's uh you know we, we don't have all the answers right and there's not one coach that has all the answers so that's why baseball is such a great sport because you can reach out and um to, to anybody and and talk the game and they're gonna they're gonna give you something and you might say something that this guy's been coaching for 40 years that you said something and maybe he hasn't heard it that way and it clicks right so I think just reaching out to, to coaches uh, younger than you, older than you, um, different levels, right? And just and just finding out more information. And then I'll say the last thing is just, you know, keep the game fun, right? Like uh, if you're coaching 10, 9U baseball, 11U baseball, like don't need to be so, so concerned with mechanics and all those things. Like let's make sure that kids are having fun playing the game, right? And it's not all about wins and losses. It's, it's about kids having fun and, you know, um, we, we run free clinics at Northwestern. We did it at Western. And 
Um, you know, we talk about like find different ways. If a kid, you know, strikes out three times in a game, like you, that's the kid you need to pep up, right? To try to get him to come back, right? So just finding ways to, to have fun in baseball, I think is important. Yeah. I'll just touch on like the biggest thing for me is the campsite, uh, just because I did run the camps at Northwestern and a couple other places. And like very rarely are you telling your players or your, your workers, like, Hey guys, let's make sure they get in this spot. Like, Hey guys, today's about having fun. Like make sure we're having fun in this drill and you're mapping out all these drills. But the number one thing that you're talking about is, Hey, let's, let's make sure they have a good, good experience and have fun. Um, and then the other thing with, as you're progressing in your coaching career is reaching out. It doesn't matter if you're a division three coach, junior college coach, NAI school, like email the big schools. Hey, you mind if I come work your camp? Um, being at Northwestern, a lot of people that would do that would be like, Hey man, yeah, we got to, we, we either have kids camps in the summer or feel free to come out to one of our other camps. So you're rarely ever going to just get shot down or just cold Turkey. Um, as long as you're emailing at a good time and it's not too busy in the middle of the season, but for the most part, reach out. My, my dad and my mom always say like, what the worst thing that's going to, they're going to say is no. And you're like, oh, okay, like nothing really changes. So it's always beneficial just to ask. When I've had young assistants reach out to me, I've told them, I, film yourself hitting a fungo and fill your, film yourself throwing on-field BP. And Dusty, I was proud when we came and played you guys two falls ago when I was still at Western. And like that was gratifying for me when you have guys that coached with you and you watch them throw a whole round of batting practice. Like Those were the things that I loved um, about that of you watch a guy that's been with you you know we watch him as a player but then young coach and and you know all the things that they work on to get better and then you know all those things that when I see guys that I coached with throw on the field hit pregame batting practice you know pregame infield outfield those are all things that I I it was gratifying for me as a coach that with guys that you coached with it's just great stuff yeah, I agree with you, Ryan. And and like Dylan said, I mean, you know, we we do youth camps at uh, New Church too. And the the best part about the youth camp is when they're playing ragball games. Yes, oh my <laughs> gosh, they love the freaking games. They love the games. You know, you can go into cages, and we'll do. We have about an hour and a half, and the first twenty five to thirty minutes is you know fundamental stuff, and then. When are we playing the games? When are we playing the games? We're playing the games. Let's go. Um, and then the other thing I found out is that is that um, I've refereed basketball. I've coached basketball in the high schools. Coached football for years. Okay, I still am coaching football and baseball for years. And one thing I can say about reaching out to other coaches in in that sport, baseball coaches never hold anything back. You know, like if you ask a basketball coach, hey, how do you run, a, you know, this your, this this series? And they won't give you everything. Okay, They'll say a little bit, but they're not going to give you everything. OK, you, you tell a football coach, you ask a football coach, unless he's a college guy, you ask another high school guy and, and they're not going to give you everything either. OK, you can watch film and then go, hey, how can you let the let the uh, defensive end go on this and this? Uh, and he's like, uh, you know, uh, it was just a misplay. You know, they're not going to give you everything. You ask a baseball coach on what they do, they will tell you everything you want to know. Okay. And I'm talking about your guys in our league will do that. Um, you know, I, I talked to Jay Thompson for forever about, you know, stuff that he does. 
you know, um, and nobody is ever in baseball. Nobody is ever, it keeps everything underneath their chest. They always want to give, they always want to give. And I've never met a baseball coach in high school or college that didn't want to share what they do. Mike, do you think that start, I, for me, I think it starts with the clinics themselves, the coaches clinics, because you go to that Illinois state clinic or you go to the ABCA. I've been to a lot of state clinics and I've been to a ton of ABCAs. That's our culture. Like the culture is sharing. You have a national championship coach up there telling you everything that he's doing. You have a state championship coach up there telling you everything that he's doing. I think that's where it starts is it starts from the clinic side of everybody helping because I know talking to basketball and football guys, their clinics aren't, they don't share as much information on that. And I think that's where it starts with the baseball community is we see it at the clinic setting that, okay, here's a guy up there. He's giving you everything. And then you know what you email or you call him, he's going to give you everything he's got as well. Or you see him in the hall or you see him in the bar, you know, I'm telling you some of the best stuff we got was on the breakout sessions afterwards. Before I let you guys go, what are your final thoughts with everything? I mean, parenting, you're, you're all parents now, which is, that's crazy to me too, that all, all three of you parents, five, five grandkids, five. (laughs) Well, Mike, what, what is, has anything changed you with that? I mean, you have, you had kids play for you. Now you've got grandkids. Has that added another layer in coaching wise because you have grandkids now? No, you just, you're still the same person. My wife tries to keep me in line. Hey, you can't say that stuff, you know, <laughs> but I still do because I, that's who I am, I guess, you know, and, um, but um, no, it just, it, it makes you, you know, I share, I share pictures on my Instanaps or Instagram account and you can follow me on Instanaps if you want, okay, uh, coach, coach naps, okay, um, and um, kids love it. Kids love it, you know, and parents love it. They, it makes you human, you know, it makes you a human, human being. And um, so to me, I think that whole um, letting them know part of my life is important to me. Having, having my players know about me is important because I want to know about them. Especially with this generation. And you started in the do as I say, not as I do generation when you first oh, yeah. started. And I think that's oh, yeah. the the biggest in a good way, I think that's been the biggest positive of where we're at now with coaching is it, it's much more of a, a partnership um, yeah. with the, the coach and the players and the parents. I think it's a partnership now much more than it's ever been. Yeah, and there's two guys that I want to – you just – that have influenced me is Gordy Gillespie. And not that I ever worked underneath him, but he's helped, he helped me out to get my job at, uh, at Providence – and just because I coached one of his players back at Notre Dame High School, he was a big help to me because just listening and watching him and watching him at clinics and him, his caring attitude for people was amazing. And how he knew everybody's name was amazing. Okay. And Matt Seffner, who was a protege of, 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 uh, of Gordy as a football coach at Providence, he was the AD and the football coach. He gave me that job. And, um, just watching him the way he let his coaches coach. And here he is, you know, 30 years into, into being a head coach and he's letting his, he's letting some young whippersnapper call the offense. You know, I thought that was kind of cool. And so him trusting coaches coaching and the way he cares about players, he might be hard on them, but he was, he was caring and they knew he cared. So I think that was a big deal. 
Dusty, what are your final thoughts? Yeah, I think, um, well, first of all, I know that Dylan and I wanted, wanted trampolines growing up. And uh, I'll just put it this way. I know Dylan has a trampoline in his house in Omaha, and I have one in my house here in Winneka, So I have um, one in Macomb. And, and, and I know who yeah, bought it. It, it, for you. it was the grandparents. The grandparents bought it. So, um, yeah. But, but anyways, uh, no, I think uh, when, I was, when I was a young, you know, when I first started coaching, um, it, it was about kind of wins and losses for me. Right? Like my first year at Highwell, like I you know, wanted to win every game. And we went to Western Illinois. Like it was about wins and losses. And I think once I had Knox, right, once I had my first kid, um, now I have two, I think it's um, – it, it kind of transformed me a little bit into, you know, I always knew like I was in it for the guys. Like I, I was in it for the guys I was coaching, but I really, really wanted to win. I still really, really want to win. Um, but I think there's, there's, there's bigger, bigger things out there that we're having more of an impact. And I think once I, once I had my son, um, it just kind of clicked for me that it's like, you know, I want to raise Knox how my dad raised me. And, um, and I want to have those values that he set forth. And I want, I want to make sure that those values are coming off on, on my players at, at Northwestern. Um, so, you know, really, I think the game's in a great place. Um, you know, I, I appreciate you doing this. You're doing an awesome job. Um, I knew you would, you would kill this, uh, this, this job. And, and you've been a big, big influence on my coaching career in, in my life. Um, kind of as a mentor and um, I, I just really uh, appreciate you. I think the biggest thing for me is just allowing your players to, you know, see you and see you as a dad and, have my daughters around as much as possible. Now I have three, which is crazy to think about. Um, but really to be as transparent as possible, have my wife and my daughters around after a practice or after a game, after a doubleheader, a long day, whether it went good or bad, they're running on the, on the field smiling. And suddenly that win in extra innings doesn't feel as bad. It still hurts mm -hmm. deep down, but um, it doesn't feel as bad. And then just, I mean, having this third uh, daughter born, I got texts from three different uh, kids at three different schools that I've coached at. And to me, like, they're like, hey, coach, congrats. How's Evelyn doing? My oldest. And it's like, to me right there, that that's why I coach. Guys care about me and my family. And uh, I hope it's because that they showed that I was, you know, I, I showed that I was human at an early age in coaching and hopefully continue to do that. Well, boys, I can't thank you enough. Love you, and holler at me if you need something, okay? Thanks, Ryan. Good. Great thank job. you. Coach B. Baseball truly is America's pastime. We are all stewards of this great game. I'm so excited to shine a light on these unique perspectives. All of these guests show their passion and love for each other and the great game of baseball. This is Ryan Brownlee signing off for the American Baseball Coaches Association. Thanks for listening to Father and Son, and remember to leave it better for those behind you.